0: States podcast. I'm excited today. Um, Steve is joining us and uh, he'll introduce himself in a sec. Hey, want to say hello to the listeners?
1: Hello. Hello, listeners.
0: All right, that's Steve and uh, he's got some surprise questions for me. Um, I look forward to responding to them organically and uh, yeah, hold tight and we'll get right into it. Thank you. heard about anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it is free there is a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started
1: hello and uh welcome everyone uh to a in american in the united states that's the full title right mm-hmm. okay great <laughs> i want to make sure i get the title right this is a an American, American living in the United States. Um, yeah. So uh, questions. Uh, these aren't uh, unprompted questions. I, I share these with you. You just forgot, so these aren't surprise questions. <laughs> but the, yeah, the answers... I
0: forgot, and so I don't know. I feel like they'll probably surprise me.
1: Uh, okay. So these aren't really well scripted answers. You know, like you write these down beforehand and think about them a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I haven't really thought about. I wish I did so that I'm. Um more i can do damage control but i haven't thought of anything
1: <laughs> no this is uh this is a topic i think we've we've discussed before um and, and this is uh something that's coming up as uh the big 40 uh, approaches for me and uh the the gray hair starts sneaking into the mustache a little bit more is the uh the idea of aging um and kind of the cultural differences between aging in um um in Kenya versus aging in the United States, um, and, and so uh, you know, first off, um, let's let's just get kind of your impressions of like how each culture handles aging, and we can kind of go into specifics and some like anecdotes that we have um, about mutual friends and things. So, but yeah, what, what's your, your your kind of general impression of like was there anything? different that you notice, like how people like view uh aging or did you notice that uh people that you didn't think were older seem like to most americans to be older or what are your thoughts on that
0: oh yeah now that you've mentioned it um i do realize we've uh, talked about this in different capacities over the years so yeah for sure i have noticed differences about aging um in kenya i think that older people traditionally in a lot of in pretty much all the tribes like i've mentioned many times before there's like 42 tribes and um older people get status according to age and so when you're young you kind of have um you're supposed to be following you're supposed to be taught you're more like um in the learning aspects in the learning times of your life and then the older you get you start to get so like you get initiated into sort of it's like you are you get officially adopted into the community as somebody who can make much more decisions um and so the i think the very first e- um experience is getting initiated um which the first event that was different in the u.s is uh circumcision um for boys uh they're circumcised uh i think often like at when they're pretty much close to when they're born for the parents who choose to do that but um in a lot of african communities you're circumcised as a coming of age um so it's, it's kind of a coming of age sort of ritual and uh these days people do it in the hospitals but traditionally like long time ago um it's it's it was sort of a very official ceremony in the whole like all the tribe members would come and it was a big deal it was kind of signaling that you're no longer a baby Mm. you're no longer a child and you're now considered uh like sort of pretty much like an equal member of society who can fight for for example if you you can fight for your freedoms. You can state your thoughts. You can you start now. Your thoughts are starting. Your age is being recognized as a contributor. So you're no longer somebody who's being trained. Mm-hmm. You can now contribute significantly, and you can start to mentor the younger ones under you, uh, the next age.
1: So what age does this happen at?
0: So. Um, Okay, here I'm gonna out my brothers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do they- you could just set a number.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I think it's pretty diverse. So in in the in that's why I'm just gonna say what I know, what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them, it was when they finished. Uh, so when they try, when they were ready to go to high school. So when they finished the equivalent of eighth grade. So that's about when they're 14, like at the end of 13, beginning of 14. um, That's kind of when a lot of people do it because then after that, you go to boarding school and um, mainly because during that time you, they want to be able to. So after you finish like the national exams mm-hmm. in uh what is eighth grade? Is that like, uh what is, is that the end of middle school?
1: Eighth grade is the middle end of middle school, yes. Uh, so the ninth grade would be your freshman year of high school.
0: Yeah, so when you're ending middle school in Kenya, then you get enough time between, like a divide between um, middle school and starting high school. So in Kenya, we call it primary school. So at that time, you get enough time that you could rec- recuperate um, without pressure of like worrying about school or anything. So you finish your national exams and then often boys at that age would be in their communities that choose to do it um, would be circumcised. And I don't know if you remember my dad's story about... Um, so during his days, they learned English and a lot of topics from mm-hmm. like mission schools, missionaries.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember the story, yeah.
0: <laughs> and um, it's kind of... So the people... In those tribes and communities where you uh, people traditionally get circumcised, if somebody from outside the community, so my dad was telling us this story about um, some teacher that was teaching in his high school who was from um, I don't know somewhere I think British somewhere in the UK, and from wherever this teacher came from, they didn't get circumcised mm-hmm. and. I don't know how anybody got to know about this,
1: but... <laughs> At least they were swimming or something, yeah.
0: Yeah, something, like, like maybe public bath, like taking a shower in the river or right. something. Yeah. I don't remember the exact story, but they found out and they made fun of him. Not really, like, it's, it's really, like, people think it's... So the connotation is that... You have your maturity has not been recognized, and there's a lot of disparaging um remarks that could be used to if you're the person that hasn't been circumcised in the community it's kind of like there's certain words that are pretty much like they're very i can't even say them because i've i've it's been like drummed of beaten over my head. you don't say those words like think of the worst word you're not supposed to say in the u s Mm -hmm. Like those words in that community, (laughs) you cannot say that.
1: Um,
0: and so So there's
1: a big taboo hanging around those. Okay. Yeah, yeah, in those communities. So this is um, you know, I don't want to spend the entire thirty minutes on circumcisions. Um, so this is uh, (laughs) this is actually interesting because. uh, we would probably say the uh, the maturity here is probably 18. That's when we consider people, they're able to vote, they're able to, um, you know, smoke cigarettes. There's a couple other rights. Um, and oddly, there's a stagger between when they're able to drink, but they can, like, join the military and things like that. So they, they, they're they officially kind of seen within as adults within society. So it's actually the people become adults within the, the society of Kenya but younger than they do here in the United States.
0: Oh, uh so that isn't implying that they are adults officially. So uh yeah, let me let me uh, fix that understanding. So that I, I'm just talking about traditionally mm-hmm. they, are, they start to be recognized um as coming of age, being initiated okay. um at that age and usually so i think the reason that it's happened now is in, uh, that it, is because of the convenience that uh you're getting you're finishing middle school and you have time mm-hmm. where you haven't started high school yet so you just have like a break enough that when you get the circumcision you can recuperate um, but yes, officially, you're it's, officially...
1: It's like the worst summer vacation ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you're officially uh, an adult in Kenya at 18, pretty much. So that's when you don't... you If you do something wrong, you're no longer juvenile. You get like the full okay. like, effect of the law. Huh. Um, So it's pretty much the same at 18. Uh, yeah. Is that what what you're asking pretty much?
1: Uh yeah, and I and maybe that's just kind of the difference of um, you know the the this is like a pretty common thing, isn't it? Because there's the 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 bar and the bat mitzvahs, uh, the kinsieras, and uh, other couple of things in culture. They're but they happen about the same time, or like that uh, the that area around like twelve to fifteen, I think, is kind of where. Uh, you start to be seen more as like transitioning into adulthood, uh kind of like leaving the the childhood behind uh but I don't know of anything um you know those obviously those are like you know American cultures because there's a lot of different cultures in the United States but uh, I can't think of anything that um like you know in the midwest that we would ever do um similar to that um you know i I do know and this is interesting was that uh, my mom had a her family had a tradition which was when you turn 13 you received a golden spoon you're supposed to hold on to that spoon and it's like a gold plated spoon it's not an actual like (laughs) solid golden spoon no you don't eat with it you just you just hang on to that spoon um Mm -hmm. and that that was something that everybody got a got a spoon and it was an interesting thing um so yeah there's there seems to be that that idea, that that transition, that this is a big age, you know, this is when things start to change. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so that, that's kind of you know the the transition into adulthood. But uh, I, I was thinking more along the lines of um, you know when we were like uh, getting ready to become parents. We have a friend who was probably a bit closer to my age uh, than you are. I think she's like a year. Something you know within like a year of my age, and uh, you know, she was going to have a baby as well, and she's actually having another baby soon. Um, and uh, they, they treated it as like a geriatric pregnancy. And I remember you saying that you know, in Kenya, that's really pretty common that people have babies like into that age. Um, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. so oh, good, yeah, yeah, so definitely that was new as well so like i think she was 37 she was going to get a baby and um she was considered high risk there's a lot of heavy genetic testing to make sure there isn't like trisomies i mean i don't want to get into like the details of the testing and potential i think the risk is significantly higher um and so they consider it a geriatric pregnancy but in kenya people so um people have multiple um, families that tend to be a bit larger. So like my family, there's four siblings and I think that's quite average. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's spread out um, over the, the span of the age of their parents. And yeah, so as you keep aging, so we first talked about Get, getting into adulthood. And then as you keep aging, you start at that point, then you're able to start picking out a wife. Um You're able to start getting um, pregnant, getting babies and all of that. Um But I don't, I don't remember there being any specific cutoff where it's considered more of a risk until like the natural progression into menopause where you just can't get pregnant anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so I, I think maybe in these days in the medical profession, like OBs will make sure like, because now I think, um, publications and, uh, scientific knowledge is a lot more democratized. So, um, they probably take that into account. But whenever I grew up, I just never remember like thinking in terms of like, oh, 37 is older to be
1: a so, kid yeah so that, that's the uh the, that's a good question there uh what would you say was the cutoff of like when you would consider somebody being older in kenya um and has that changed for you i mean like what what would you consider old um you know or what would you what, what's considered old in kenya and what do you think is considered old here in the united states
0: oh that's great so in kenya i used to think uh, when people are getting closer to retirement they're older, so like sixty, sixty five, um, when they are starting to officially retire because there's this pretty much most of the jobs, like I think all the jobs are what they call official jobs like permanent and pensionable. And so you uh traditionally, as far as I remember, you would work um like a couple a handful of jobs, if not one job, all your life and then you are permanent and pensionable and you would retire and you know you it was official and now at that point i would think oh yeah that person is older like when they are approaching 60 65 but in the us i have seen people who are after like beyond 70 and i've seen different types of old people like some people are in their fifties and they have lots of signs of aging and some people are in like in their eighties and they still like do backpacking and go to the gym all the time. And I think that has really challenged my thoughts on aging in the U S and then also my training about understanding genetics. So like the extra telomeres, like the aging process, um, all the different impacts that affect, your aging process and uh, your progression towards age. I just realized that wow, you really there's a lot that can go into that. Um, and so, I think becoming so in Kenya, I felt like it was much more clear cut because of the different clear in segregation into like separation of roles mm-hmm. um, in different life stages. Yeah. But in the US, I think it starts to merge a lot more. Um, and then it also is very dependent on people's... Um, I think overall, when I see people like professors, uh, a lot of them are very active, uh, or even when they retire, they remain active physically. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they, they, this is just like in my observation. And then sure. other kinds of people, other people who uh, probably do that typical like nine to five, like um, um, daily grind um I think when they retire you start to see like depending on where how active they remain then you start to see like the quick signs of aging so uh, I think in, in the US it's it's become to a point where it's even hard to say what it somebody is and also beyond that I've also learned about like how often some, depending on like maybe the people in media how much extra work you can get done to reverse signs of aging like I think I don't know lip fillers Botox like fixing up your your uh, cheekbones uh, I don't I can't I can't, I don't even know how many options there are there's so many ways that you look at somebody and you realize wow how old are they like are they 20 are they 70 <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was a um, a famous actor who just did a movie uh, his name is Sylvester Stallone you, you probably know him your, your brothers were big action movie fans yeah. and uh he's uh 70s now i'm i'm not sure how far into his 70s he actually is I could look, look it up but uh someone made a comment the other day that um he's uh, this series of movies called Rambo and um the the last Rambo movie he did he actually looks 10 years younger than the like the previous Rambo he had done like you know 10 years ago or something so he he looks like he's just like re- aging in reverse he looks like he's getting younger and uh yeah it's astounding that uh yeah it's um he, that actors especially can really maintain like a certain look for an extended period yeah. of time I mean Ooh. decades um I know uh you know, not to just stick on action stars, but I know like Tom Cruise is sixty and he's getting ready to do another Mission Impossible movie, which is these great fantastic movies where they do all their own stunts and he's still jumping from rooftops and everything else, and it still looks, you know, pretty much so <laughs> as he did about twenty or thirty years ago. Um yeah, so it it's it's an interesting uh point um that you bring up is that uh you know, in the United States, it's a very individual process um, where people can kind of, you know, being a country of choice, you can kind of just choose one way or the other. Um, And then would you say that, uh, you know, like the retirement, like that clear-cut retirement, do you think that's contributing to that that process Um, where people in the U.S., uh, they kind of blow past that retirement age because a lot of people aren't really there's not a lot of pensions nowadays in the United mm. States. Um, and so, yes, people kind of just, you know, they, they just keep going and they stay active. Do you think that's probably a contributing factor? Or do you think that's kind of overreaching for our expertise?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I take a lot of interest in psychology. And I've heard a lot about how you perceive yourself influencing your reality. And I think it might have some influence if you really have to keep going uh, or maybe for them even not keep you don't have to but in your mentality you don't feel like you're done for like you're not really done for but like um you're pretty much because if you do the same thing every day for many years like 20 30 40 years and then suddenly you stop i a lot of people don't really know what to do with themselves and i think it's easy to check out and it shows you know yeah. it starts to show And in your mind, also just like feeling like you're not as engaged as you used to be, it might start to show. Um, So I think there's part of that, that a lot of people, they're more, so if if they find a way to keep engaged. uh, And I think also beyond that, the difference in the ones who live in the rural areas. So the ones who also, so like a lot of women who live in the rural areas and have like, I don't know, 10 kids um
1: this you, is kenya or yeah in
0: Canada. kenya so in the rural oh i mean yeah i should clarify so I, I don't know if so based on our previous discussions i think you also are aware of how very diverse like urban centers are versus the rural uh parts of the country right. um yeah, yeah. and um so in many urban centers, like urban towns, um, people might have like four kids. And so depending on how many kids they've had, then you can also see uh, overall the women will age more uh, just because I think it's a lot more taxing on their bodies. Mm. Um, but uh, beyond that, yes, I, to answer your question, I think it has a, an impact. Um, and even um, when you feel like you have to keep going, uh, even the ones that have kids, and, t- and like my, many kids, like 10 kids, um, I think later they start to, their aging process starts to slow down because now they have to keep up with a really young kid. So sure, yeah. I think there's a time when you realize, okay, I gotta keep going because I've got a young person. Right. <laughs> Even though I'm maybe, I don't know, 60. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then that, at that point, you see everybody catching up um, depending on their life stage and i think their mentality and mindset so uh the ones who are able to feel relevant you can just see like it's even sort of like a twinkle in their eye and their mentality mindset then also the choices they make whether they'll eat healthy whether they'll keep active then that's how like things just catch up naturally i think um and then beyond that also psychologically or more socially, sociologically is that in Kenya, when you're older, you're also considered like an elder, like kind of politically you're in charge. Mm -hmm. You're like in charge of the situation. So for example, if an, even if somebody isn't physically disabled and they enter the bus, a bus like a public bus and there's no sitting room, sitting area, generally um people will feel the need to give them space to sit. But uh, I think in the US it's kind of a lot different or at least we have seen unless you're like a veteran um of is it the army or marines what is the overall cumulative umbrella term for people who serve the country? The military. The military. Yeah. Um, I think they are the ones who are revered the most in society, sort of. But I think in Kenya, that similar reverence is given to the elderly, whether or not they physically look older,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like much older. Um, but I've also seen seniors getting discounts. So I don't know. Like, you tell me.
1: Oh, um, yeah th- those are uh those are kind of two distinct groups i would say um yeah there there is a a deference to anybody who's um you know made that kind of sacrifice um to serve uh in the military there's a lot of respect that goes with that and a lot of debt of gratitude uh mm. for what they've risked uh what they've come through and uh i think that's you know everybody kind of feels that as a country you know we're very proud of those people mm-hmm. um and you know for the the elderly the discounts and things like that, I think it's kind of the a similar sense of you know you you've put your time in you've worked hard, you've survived, and you know like now's your time to take a break and we're, we're going to take care of you because we want to be taking care of ourselves when we get to that age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we want to have that system in place because we're all going to be there at some point. so, you know, it's kind of the treat others as you'd want to be treated type of system there. So it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is probably the a good question to wrap up on um, is do you do you guys actively seek counsel from elderly people more than you would poss- possibly young people? And do you think that's the same way here in the United States?
0: Yeah, there's actually a saying um, that, uh, that says, so sort of like, yes, people consider older people wiser and seek counsel from them um, and respect their counsel. Um, and there's a saying, uh, it says, chumvi. it means he's eaten a lot of salt. So that means... You risk like
1: we said of our baby this morning, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um the people who are older have eaten salt like he, they they're se- oh I guess it's similar like seasoned, a seasoned person.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. A seasoned, yeah. Someone who's seasoned. Yes. Of
0: right. So it's like they are vast they're seasoned in life and so people kind of defer to them. Um,
1: as so, so you're saying the the saying that you guys use is um, they've eaten a lot of salt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I, I guess like that's just that's an interesting saying. You guys love salt there, so that.
0: I you know. love salt. I, I yeah. I guess yeah. We don't really eat a lot of dessert, so well, I guess.
1: If they uh, what would it mean if like um, you said somebody's eaten a lot of pepper? What's that a saying there <laughs> or? <laughs>
0: Uh, Amekula that,
1: That's the literal translation?
0: Uh, that's a translation I can think of as being more colloquial because I don't know the exact... Because there's different sorts of peppers. Mm. So Pili Pili is... Uh, gosh, what type of pepper is it? I think it's... Gosh, I don't want to be wrong. I don't know. But it's definitely not black pepper. When uh-huh. you're saying pepper, I think you're thinking black pepper.
1: Right, I am. I but... think
0: Pili Pili is more closer to Ch- to chili. Like chili peppers.
1: (laughs) This is uh, off topic, but this is um, speaking of elderly people. I had a a grandfather who the entire time I knew him, he didn't look different. I mean, he always looked like he looked older um, and he never looked more older or less older. He just looked older (laughs) and uh, he was rail thin. And every day he had the same meal, which was two pieces of white bread. Our two slices of white bread, um, spicy brown mustard, and jalapeno peppers. Uh was like so
0: that, he's a lot of
1: pepper. <laughs> so he's eating a lot of pepper would be, yes. <laughs> that would be the uh, apt saying for him was that, uh, yes, uh, every day was a uh, jalapeno spicy mustard sandwich. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yummy. Yeah, so the, now I'm curious. Um, I know you've mentioned... Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm curious what the place of elderly people um, in the U.S. is. It sounds like it's more of a caregiving relationship. In Kenya, it's more of a, like, status. They have status in this community. Um, and even, I think, because of that, people have a, a lot of hesitation around putting elderly people in, uh, like, A a nursing home. I don't. I haven't seen that many nursing homes, but also maybe it's tied to how affordable it is. It's easy to to afford, like round the clock help, um, because a lot of people can afford to. Uh, you can have living help. It's lot very cheap to have. It's not really very, but it's accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious how overall those topics are seen, either by the 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 people who are younger or the elderly people themselves if you have that perspective
1: um yeah i i think uh and this is gonna be speaking for every american which is probably not a good thing to do but uh um i i think that uh as you get older you value wisdom more so i think at my age kind of you know right there in the middle um close to you know hopefully a little earlier than the middle but uh you know right there at that time I I value it more than I did you know five or ten years ago like I I value people older than me and their experience uh than I used to um I think you know in the 20s you really don't you think that you're you know you know everything and you want to tear down the old systems and things like that but as you as you get out there more and you experience more, you realize the value of not trying to do everything from scratch and going and consulting someone. Uh, so yeah, I, I've, you know, I think that there is that rebellious streak uh in the culture of the United States of just, I want to go out there and create my own thing. And sometimes that's great. Sometimes that leads to these breakthroughs and these really amazing things of, you know, tearing down old systems. And I don't want to use the term disruption because we were in Silicon Valley and that <laughs> just gets thrown around <laughs> way too much. Um Oh, gosh. Yeah, but, um, you know, the, there is an idea of, like, disrupting those systems and things like that. But, um other times, like I said, as you, as you get a little bit older and you realize the amount of knowledge that you've acquired and you realize the value of that and that experience, then you start to look towards um, people who've been there and you, you start to value their their input a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, a 20-year-old 20 20 talking to, like, a 60-year-old person, you know, there's always going to be kind of this disconnect of, <laughs> you know... One person trying to tell the other what I told you. So I think <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I'm I'm even more curious. I know you're the one asking questions, but it, I feel I feel like we've sw- we've flipped a bit because you were talking about the generational divide, and it's occurring to me how much of a generational divide there was for me. Much more also because of major language barrier, mm-hmm. because. In Kenya, there's so many languages, which is a good thing because you learn so many languages. But I wasn't fluent in my mom's, like my mother tongue. And I'm not fluent, like 100% because I don't practice it every day. I'm not, I wasn't 100% fluent in my dad's language and they're both different. Like they cannot understand each other if they spoke their original, like their mother tongue. (laughs) <laughs> and so we all just unifyingly talk in the overall like it's kind of like the national language Swahili, mm-hmm. but if I go visit either my maternal grandparents, there was a big language barrier
1: right
0: like I could probably say, uh, hello, you know, can I have some water uh, I've missed you like just like general surface level conversation, mm-hmm. and I always felt like it was hard to natural relationship because it's not like we see them often. And beyond that, it's hard to re- just like really communicate on mm-hmm. both sides. Um And I see here in the U S people have very, I think because you all speak pretty much just like mostly English and then very, every once in a while, certain languages like, like Spanish or immigrants who speak certain languages, but for the most part, you, your grandparents will speak the same language as you, but yeah, there's a generational yeah. divide. So, I, like, I, I'm confused about that.
1: Well, it, it it's, it's funny that um, you, you mentioned that uh, Amani's grandparents don't speak the same language. Uh, our, our son, like his, his grandparents don't speak. They speak three languages, I suppose, three or four languages between all of them. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's um. Yeah, I guess there isn't that that language barrier. Everyone just kind of assumes that language, you know, like English will be the language they speak. Um, So, yeah, I think that... uh with that yeah there there probably is a little bit more to transfer over like maybe some like things that transfer over really well i know um in my family like that that bond between the grandparents and the kids is always a really strong one um a lot of knowledge is passed you know along those lines uh you know a lot of um not maybe my generation but the generation above me a lot of those people, if you ask them where they learned how to cook, a lot of them will say, you know, their grandparents, like a, wow. a grandfather or grandmother, like those recipes get passed down. Um, you know, with everything being kind of digital now, there's not as much need to pass down these, you know, these old recipes. Uh, and maybe people are just still passing them down and hoarding them and not putting them online. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that, uh, yeah, they're – there is a lot of information that's passed, um, you know, from the, the grandparents to the, the kids. And, uh, yeah, that would be really difficult if there was a, a strong language barrier. So, yeah. huh. and mainly here, it's just accents and turns of phrase and things like that. So, yeah, it might be a little harder to understand your, your grandparents, uh, like if they have like a really thick accent or if you have a thick accent. It might be hard, but uh, that's about it, really. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you have slang that dis distinguishes your like different generations? Because I remember when I was growing up, um, since I was growing up in the city, Nairobi, the cool kids spoke in a very different slang called Shang, mm-hmm. and you really could speak like t- to the point that it was pretty much a different language. Like my parents wouldn't understand, couldn't understand, and sometimes it was kind of it was it could be deliberate because, um. There, maybe the things you're talking, you're trying to talk about that, you feel like, if they heard because of that generational divide, you're like, well, they probably would be mad if they heard your perspective on something.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: So you like we had very, it's like kind of a code. Um, and now it's so it's 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 such a it's such a div, like dynamic language, Shang i don't know if it's even like a language officially but so if i go back remember i went when we went back to kenya in 2016 i was trying to speak like in a way that that nobody can identify me at the airport and the Mm. airport people told me oh yeah you just came from the us like you clearly haven't been in (laughs) kenya like they i was trying to speak in shang so that they feel like i'm a local
1: yeah
0: but they they just like could tell right away (laughs) because it is like new terms are always coming up right. and they distinguish generations easily,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: do you have things like that?
1: Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, past like a certain age, like the, the slang kind of drops out of your vocabulary because it seems slang is kind of seen as like something that's youthful and you know, maybe you're trying to hide what you're trying to say or you know, trying you know, slang is kind of a, uh, a status symbol when you're younger, like, using a cool phrase, or, you know, there's this, was the great movie, uh, Mean Girls, where there was the phrase uh, try and, stop trying to make fetch happen, it's not going to happen, somebody's sort are of trying to like, implement slang into the the lexicon, or the, the vocabulary of the high school, and, like, they just get shut down, because <laughs> it's, it's not cool enough, uh, so yeah, you know, the slang is kind of how you can be cool when you're younger, and it's not really much utility to it when you're older but uh that being said i i still find myself kind of using old phrases uh especially if i get really upset i'll call somebody dude uh it's something that's, oh, that's kind of,
0: slang that's, it's, that's pro- it's pretty
1: ubiquitous now yeah um I, think, I feel
0: like in the u.s what is equivalent to slang Maybe like text terms and um that kind of confuses me i'm always googling like smh that's mm-hmm. apparently shaking my head i didn't even know that
1: yeah it Slang is—it uh it used to be kind of uh, its own language, you know, where you could say things like the older generation wouldn't understand what you're saying. With Urban Dictionary, like that, that just goes out the window. You can just look up, you know, like oh, yeah. everyone's always posting what something means, and so you're yeah,
0: not like we were release, looking <laughs> past your parents. <laughs> like we were looking up Karen because we saw it all over the internet.
1: Oh yeah, I did not know that. that what that was. Um, yes.
0: Somebody's a Karen.
1: Somebody's a Karen. Yes. Which I, I know Karens in there, nothing like that. So, but, uh, <laughs> I do find it funny, but uh, I wasn't find it funny. Like the one of the Karens I know is a very, very nice person. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, we've got a lot more we could say about this topic. I'm thinking of a lot more things. But I know um, our son just fell asleep, and I uh, you know we're both tired. So I bet we might want to go to bed. But um, any last quick word you want to wrap up with? Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance, try the, the jalapeno sandwich. I'm curious if people's thoughts on that. Uh, I made Give a- the recipe. That, that's it. It really was just spicy brown mustard and uh, jalapeno peppers between two slices of white bread. Was the entire sandwich. Which
0: so you put? Do you toast the bread?
1: You don't. You don't oh. do anything unnecessary. You just. I feel like it's it's even, just... even like squeezable. I think was like the the brown mustard, and so it's something you could make in like literally thirty seconds. It's <laughs>
0: like just soggy. And the what is it? Like, I feel like that texture is not.
1: We might have to try this as, a, as an experiment. Uh. <laughs> I feel
0: like I would toast the bread just because I can't handle soaky bread, <laughs> bread.
1: Fair enough, yes. but that, That's my closing thought is try those, those. All right, I'll it try it. Well, I'm, I'm,
0: I'll be the first to try it. All right, thank you, listeners. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that episode, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, Email us at grace.kisirkoi. At money smartphd.com. We're also I'm also on Instagram. I don't know, Steve isn't on any of those socials. No.
1: Um
0: I'm on Instagram at Grace Kisirkoi uh and many other places on uh, my website. Um so money com. But yeah, just we love to hear from listeners and so yeah, reach out to us um and let you let us know your thoughts and uh share with a friend. All right. You will see you next week.